what a better, I mean, I don't see anything better we could study since God has a call on us. Before he ever wrote this curriculum and the book, God called us to host a move of God in Alabama. Let me see, when was this? 2013. So long before that, he said, host a move of God in Alabama. Okay, so thank you, Lord. We are in session five of hosting the presence. By the way, let me make some announcements. After church tonight, is it's the post-service special treat. We are going to Dairy Queen for a fellowship and a treat, mostly the fellowship. The treat's extra. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. And uh, then we're, we're going to have this study first tonight. Then we're going to have a two-week break from this because next Wednesday night we're going to be having our supper so you need to sign up for that and pay your three dollars if you want to eat with us next Wednesday night and then the next Wednesday night Pastor Moss is coming and so how glory to God that'll be fun and then we'll pick up on session six so last week we saw the video to session five and it was very good and the, the name of session five is the answer to ancient cries the answer to ancient cries. And if you would turn to Psalm 64 and verse 1 tonight. And we'll review just for a second, but then we're going to get on with it. Hallelujah. We were praying in tongues, praying out the plans and purposes of God. Hallelujah. Be sure and pray over your workplace. I just feel that... Uh, we didn't take the time to pray over each individual workplace, but be sure you're praying over your workplace. Be sure you're praying over uh, uh, any, like the uh, anything in your neighborhood. Uh, be sure praying over uh, any place your child goes to school or daycare or grandkids go to school or daycare. Uh, and anything else God leads you to, government buildings or whatever. Let's keep our city covered and our county covered. Hallelujah. Just be obedient. Even if it sounds weird, pray it. Hallelujah. I mean, if the Holy Ghost speaks to you something, it sounds weird. Isaiah 64, 1. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. Uh, we covered that last week. And in the first point that we've made under that is the cry for a person. And we talked extensively last week how every person that's not born again, every person on the face of the earth, doesn't matter what country they live in or whatever, what continent, they have a God-shaped hole in them. They have a hole, a void, a vacuum, whatever you want to call it. And of course, a lot of them are filling it with either other gods in other nations. They are trying to fill it with other gods. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fill it. And so they're still dissatisfied and longing for something. Others try to fill it with uh, substances, drugs, alcohol, all of those kind of things. Some try to fill it with uh, adultery and, and those kind of things. But though you can never, uh, you know, there's so many people now that just have been married like five times. And I know I have a cousin, a first cousin, that we think he's on six or seven. We're not sure. And uh, uh, so, but obviously there's something there. There's something missing. He was raised Episcopalian, so I don't know what's missing, but something's not working right in that in that life. And so uh, God shaped hole in every person. Uh 
we were built for habitation. We talked about that. We talked about how that the Holy Spirit lives inside every believer, but he does not rest upon every believer. You know, we, uh, hallelujah. Remember in the book of Exodus when they came out of Egypt, how he had them eat the lamb, and then he had them put the lamb on the, doorpost also so lamb on the inside lamb on the outside and that's how we need it to be so when you get born again you receive the holy ghost but there is another level there's another step if if you if you want to say it that way um a key there's a one of the things bill pointed out in the video is there is the key to hosting the presence of god is to take every step with the dove in mind and he talked about in the baptism when jesus was baptized how the spirit of god descended on him like a dove john the baptist saw it jesus saw it and uh and so the holy spirit ever since then has been likened unto a dove and that uh, Bill says to be conscious of the Holy Spirit like he was resting upon your shoulder and that everything we do and you know um, we have the ability on the inside of us and we can't play ignorant in this church we can't play ignorant we know what we're not supposed to be doing and I meditated on that extensively this week how how we wrestle things and how we I, and I, I've done it myself with TV shows where I tried to justify it but I knew Holy Spirit wasn't liking liking it even though maybe it wasn't by by world standards wasn't that horrible you know but by Holy Spirit standards and you know it's just like I me and Kenny talked about you can tell when the Holy Spirit likes a song because when the Holy Spirit's likes and we can I can tell when the Holy Spirit's kind of just okay with the song I can tell when Holy Spirit doesn't like a song, but I can tell when Holy Spirit's just okay with a song. But then there are songs we sing that Holy Spirit likes. And it might not even be your favorite song, but Holy Spirit likes it. You know, it might be what some people would even call sometimes. Holy Spirit likes some hymns. And some people might say, oh, that's outdated. That's old-fashioned. But I don't care if Holy Spirit likes it. I like it. I'm getting more and more where it's that way. Hallelujah. I think Holy Spirit likes every praise. <laughs> praise God. Holy, there's several that holy. You can just tell because it's like something you start your something starts moving in your heart. You start you start having a a inner reaction which results in an outer reaction. It just makes you want to jump shout pray and prophesy or something. Uh, so anyway, if if we're that discerning that we can discern that in a service, and uh, then we we certainly are discerning what God wants us to let go of, and what me we're you know we're too maybe we're too involved in this or we you know uh, we talked about uh, one of the things I meditated on was football. Pastor and I like football. We didn't used to, but now we like college football. I mean, we like football so much that we were re-watching Saturday's game last night. Of course, that might have been because there was absolutely nothing else to watch on TV. And, you know, we're just sitting there. We had had our – no, it wasn't last night. It was Monday night. I guess it was Monday night because Zeke and Nita were over there last night. So uh, Monday night. So we're sitting there Monday night re-watching. <laughs> i tell you what. 
it was a lot of fun when you knew how it was going to turn out. <laughs> Hallelujah. No worries. I was just perfectly relaxed. But anyway, I was meditating on that, and I was thinking about how we know because when we get where we, if we are to the place where we're disappointed or where we're, uh, we're depressed or even if we're angry, you know, then we got to back off. We got to pull out uh, and make the adjustment because God doesn't, God, God, God wants us to make that adjustment. We know, we know that's not, that's not where we're supposed to be as Christians. We can't get into anything of the world even if it's clean and and uh, that far do y'all see that with me and then you know just other things that you know i know and sometimes i have watched things and justified it and said oh it's okay and holy spirit's okay with it and we're under grace you know i've tried all those arguments on some on some shows and they don't work if holy spirit don't like it he doesn't like it okay and he doesn't want us to like it. He wants us to back off. He wants us to go another way. And sometimes what I'll just finally come to the conclusion of, and I don't watch anything really bad, but there are some things, I, I, I don't watch anything ba bad. I don't watch anything really bad. But there's just things that just have worldliness about them. And so, um, but what I'll usually come to the place of is, you know, I'm under conviction. I'm wrestling the whole time I'm watching this. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. And so I back out of it, and I just don't do it. Hallelujah. And so um, I'm not against TV, but I just think we have to watch with the Holy Spirit in mind. And I think we have to do everything with the dove in mind, okay? Because he is on our shoulder. And, it, 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 you know, I, I tell myself this isn't going to cost me anything, but it costs us something. When we go, it, it may not cost us our life. It may not cost us, but everything that we don't do with Holy Spirit in mind, it ends up costing us something uh, in the long run. So that being said, be aware of everything with the Holy Spirit on our shoulder. When we are aware, uh, this is another point he made, when we are aware of an open heaven, we live differently. We are under an open heaven from the time we are born again. Heaven is open over us. And so we need to understand that and live with that in mind because we will act differently, live differently if that's the case. Um, you know, you've heard Christians say, I prayed and the heaven was just like brass. Well, that's just not true. You either pray or are praying wrong, you're, uh, you're uh, like asking a miss type praying wrong, or asking for something you've already got, hallelujah, or you're just, you know, I don't know, not listening, but heaven's not brass, God is listening, hallelujah, and, the, uh, and heaven is opened for us. There's a difference between what we have in our account and what we have in our possession. That's very important because a lot of times, you know, we were taught what we were taught. You, you've already got it. You don't need nothing else. Don't ask for more of his presence. Don't ask for more of anything. But that's just semantics. And we're going to talk about that later. And then he, he went on to say um, about talked about the baptism of Jesus and the open heaven when when Jesus was baptized the Bible says that heaven opened over him uh, the presence of God was released that was that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit the voice of God was heard 
and ministry followed. So that's what we should expect. Also, when we are born again, we're water baptized, uh, that we should expect that heaven's open, presence of God's release. We can, we, have, we can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right then, or some of us did that later, but it should be right then. The voice of God, we should always expect as Christians to hear the voice of God. Most people don't expect to hear the voice of God. If you said right now, if you said to most of your the people you know, God spoke to me today, they'd think you is kind of weird. Uh, hallelujah. But yet God speaks to us all. I bet he spoke to you multiple times today. I mean, you may not have heard an audible voice, but he spoke to you or 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 uh, gave you a witness of, of a certain thing or whatever, however it happened, because there's a lot of ways to hear God's voice. But, And then ministry is always the result uh, that would follow. And that's what happened with Jesus. We There's no, you know, the Bible says in John, I'm reading in the book of John right now. That's one place I'm reading. but uh, And it says in John that he, in Canaan, at that wedding of Canaan, and then he had that water turned into wine, He sa- it says, this the beginning of miracles. That's why we know that some of the, I don't say that all the Apocrypha is wrong, but in the Apocrypha it talks about Jesus healing a bird when he was uh, like two or something like that. Uh, and uh, we know that's not because his miracles began right then and it was after the baptism of the holy spirit hallelujah he did not heal as a child <laughs> thank you lord uh, number two was the cry for an open heaven in uh matthew three sixteen. it also depicts jesus's baptism and open heaven we talked about means unrestricted flow of supernatural resources from God's world to this one. We talked extensively about all the supernatural resources that we have, including the gifts of the Spirit, including the weapons of our warfare, uh, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, angels, how that we praise God and 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 just the word of God. The word of the word of God is uh is is we can just run into the word and just decree the word and it is a supernatural resource to be that pushes the enemy back that's how jesus defeated the devil it's supernatural jesus never intended for his experience at water baptism the baptism of the holy spirit the heaven open uh the voice of god he did not intend for his experience to be unparalleled or, or, or unreachable for anyone. A lot of people say, well, uh, uh, this happened because he was Messiah. And of course, what he did as Messiah is unprecedented and unparalleled, and none of us ever touched that, and none of us ever lived a sinless life like Jesus did. But everything he did as when he stripped himself of divinity and lived as the Son of Man, Everything he did as far as the works and stuff, they are available to us. And everything that happened to him as far as encounter that he had with the Holy Ghost or with, uh, yeah, was, was open to us. Then number three, and this is new tonight, the cry for his presence to come. And we can go over to Isaiah 6, 1, the, uh, the cry for his presence to come. Now, Bill points this out. And, you know, I don't like arguing with 
over and special with and you know there are teachers that i like that are all the way over here but i but i like what they're teaching but they're like man you better not ask for anything you've already got and then there's and and that eliminates like three seventy five percent of all songs that we sing I mean, it's like you got to do away, maybe more than that, especially uh, because it's like, okay, that's not scriptural. Okay, that's not scriptural. But, and and I used to be kind of like, well, we can't sing it if we have to get up and explain it. But then I'm thinking, I got to the point where it's like, because, you know, some of these songs, if you look at them one way, that might not be true. But if you look at them another way, you know, like, uh, what was the song that first came out that everybody... Um, uh, uh, Jack Myers introduced and boy they fought over that one and you know I was in a struggle over it what was that song about um, oh desperate for you yes I'm desperate for you oh hallelujah that was a struggle it's like oh but I'll tell you what I'm desperate for him I'm desperate for him now yes I've got him but I'm desperate for him I got. I want more of His presence. I can't live like I am now. I gotta have more. I am desperate for Him, so I'll sing it all day. Sing it if you want to, Kenny. Holly, I'll sing that one all day. Hallelujah. I'm desperate for Him, but you know, you got Him over here, and you know, and I admit I was kind of like caught in the crossfires. I was like, oh, you know, I like it. I believe it, and I am desperate for Him, and I know I don't have all of God I need in my life. I, but so that that goes back to what's in my account wasn't necessarily what I was carrying around with me. So in one sense, I did have all of him. But in another sense, I desperately needed him in another level, in another dimension. And that's what this is about. Isaiah 6, 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Now, Bill explained this thoroughly, but for those of you who weren't here, I will say it again. But that word uh, filled in this verse means, and I had never heard this, it's really super good, that that means to, to it, that it, the implies that his robe both filled the temple and continued to fill it. So it's like that robe was filling the temple, but it just kept coming and coming and coming. He came, but he kept coming. There's always more to be experienced. When God shows up, there's, there is more to come. And it's very important for us to hunger for and to invite the increase of his presence. And I found that when you get in that mentality, I've got it all. Whether it's where you, I got it all when I got saved. Well, we know that's wrong. But if we get to the point of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we say, well, I got it all. You got it all. You've got all the Holy Spirit. You don't have to ask. You don't need to ask for wisdom. I, I actually read a book this afternoon. It said, you do not need to ask for wisdom because Jesus was made wisdom. But then I think, but in James, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him. <laughs> so it's like, okay. So obviously, we have it it's in our account it belongs to us but ask but you won't be denied because it belongs to you it will come because it belongs to you so uh um countless revivals supernatural encounters and moves of god have been sparked by the simple invitation for the holy spirit to show up and move in power so it's important and bill points this out not to get hung up on semantics hallelujah experience you know we don't want to violate the word of god but hallelujah 
but we want God in our lives. And I, I just think sometimes we get hard and we get stiff. And when we begin to, I've got it, I've got all I need, I don't need anymore. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of nearly like a blockage in the spirit. It's like, I don't need anymore, God. I got it, and I'm not going to ask for it because I got it. And uh, hallelujah. And everybody, I've heard preach that. And I would say, including myself, when I ever preached it, it was like, no, I can tell you need it. Because <laughs> just, there's just like there's a hardness about them. It's like they're not tender or something. And so I just said, man, I, I just came to the conclusion. It's like I need it. I want it. I got to have more presence. And I hope that's where you are. Um, okay. Number four. That was quick. Hallelujah. Number four is the cry for more. And let's go to Acts 4.31. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. Acts 4.31 And when they had prayed, the place were sh was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. But now wait a minute. We know that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost over in Acts chapter 2 when the you know, the Holy Ghost came in the upper room and the cloven tongues of fire and they spoke in tongues. And here we are over in Acts 4 and they're already asking. Uh, and They're praying. The place is shaken and they are filled with the Holy Ghost again and they spake the word of God with boldness. It is legal for us to desire more of God's presence and power. We have to recognize, though, that we're not asking for another Holy Spirit a new Holy Spirit, or, an, or even an upgraded Holy Spirit. We got Holy Spirit the first time. We got Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We got, we got Holy Spirit. But our prayer is for a new dimension of what we've already been filled with. Our prayer is that for, that, for a greater dimension. Or sometimes I like to say another level, a greater level, another dimension. And I thought about it today, and I thought how it's kind of like my iPhone. I've got the whole phone, but that phone will do things I don't even know about and that I don't even know how to make it do. Even when somebody tells me it'll do it, I don't know how to make it do it. You know, all the time my grandkids are showing me something that the iPhone will do. And then, you know, the, even Apple upgrades their devices. Hallelujah. And then they do things that we didn't, you know, praise God. I used to not could send a text on my iPad to anybody that had uh, uh, another brand of phone. I could send it on my phone, but couldn't send it on my iPad. But then they did some sort of upgrade. And now I can send text off, off my iPad to people that don't have an iPhone. I don't know. That was, that was nice because that, that was a lot of trouble. I'd be wanting to text somebody, and I'm like, I have to go get my phone instead because I couldn't because I had my iPad right there. But anyway, so there's dimensions in that realm, and we can kind of liken that to, the, to, to mo receiving more, receiving another dimension. And that's what happened in Acts chapter 4. Uh, and then we have to ask ourselves uh, the uh, question of what happens when we encounter the more of God, and then what are we supposed to do with it? And uh, I have often said that uh, I've heard a long time ago, 
uh, Brother Hagin used to say, you know, when the Holy Ghost and the presence of God comes into a service, we need there's it's not just there. We're supposed to do something with it. We're supposed to be a steward over it and to be a good steward over the presence. And so that's the way this is uh, to be a steward and powerful encounters and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, which we are hungering for and seeking or we're supposed to be. The purpose of them are to equip us. Equipment. An upgrade of equipment. They further equip us. Having an encounter is good, but it's not just for the... And they feel good and... Oh, but it's not just to make us look like, well, you know, I'm really spiritual or, you know, it's not for that. And I think if we have that motive, if we have that attitude towards it, we won't have the encounters with the Holy Spirit that he wants us to have. So it's being a good steward. And so what did they do here when they got the upgrade? Uh, They declared the word of God with even greater boldness and greater effectiveness. And, And I can tell you right now. I need that and you need that. I can tell by, I can tell we all need that. We are, we are, do not even, we, we, it's in our account, but we have not laid hold of or, or in, or uh, whatever we need to totally affect this city. We still need to be receiving. Amen. Because it's going to take more than what we're presently working with. Does that make sense? So let's be seeking God for more Holy Ghost, more of you, more of Jesus. Hallelujah. And number five, the cry for outpouring. Ezekiel thirty nine twenty nine. Now, this is the most important thing is so far that we've encountered in this curriculum is right here. The very most important point, Ezekiel thirty nine twenty nine. And I had to really... It, it took me a while to grasp it, I can tell you. It took me a while to, but it won't take you long. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thirty-nine, twenty-nine. Neither will I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. Now you remember, if you watched the video last week, how he talked about that every revival, the purpose of it is the face of God. The ultimate purpose of every revival is the face of God. And so that's what this is, this is based on, this, this, this point that he's trying to make. Ezekiel 39, 29, Neither will I hide my face any more of them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord of God. So this kind of is like this verse, we need to turn it upside down if when he pours out his spirit upon us then he he reveals his face to us so when he pours out his spirit he reveals his face face to us when we're living out our experience whether it be the baptism of the holy spirit or other encounters after the baptism of the holy spirit it is imperative that we be careful not to get up caught up in a spirit of professionalism God does not want us to be professionals. He does not want us to be professional Christians. He doesn't want us to be professional preachers. He doesn't want Kenny to be a professional worship leader or anybody else in children's church or even out in treasure hunts. He doesn't want us to be professional. He certainly doesn't want us to be professional in the healing center. That doesn't mean we can't learn. That doesn't mean we can't grow. But we're supposed to be little children as little children. 
we're supposed to be stay humble and be as little children. So it's important that we know that when we have encounters, whether the baptism of the Holy Spirit or other encounters, that it's not a job promotion. Hallelujah. Even though equipment comes with it, Hallelujah. It's not a job promotion. It's not a badge of honor. It's not something for us to take personal pride in. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit and every other encounter with the Holy Spirit is an invitation to greater intimacy with the Lord. And so when revival comes, uh, we can miss it by getting caught up in the, all the stuff that goes along uh, with revival. Um, the purpose of revival is for all of us to have face-to-face -face encounter with God and to be face-to-face -face with Him. The, it, that is the purpose, knowing Him in a greater way, knowing Him in a deeper way. Now, when I got a hold of this and I saw it, okay, the purpose of revival, and here you say that when you pour out your Spirit, it's for us to see your face. I had to go back and look at all the years that we've prayed for revival, and I had to think about, was that my motive in having revival, was that I would see his face more, or even that you would see his face? And I had to admit, that has not been my motive. That my motive... my. Our motive can't just be... One thing that motivates us to want revival is the excitement of it. But that can't be so we can have exciting church. Or even that people get born again. Oh, I want revival because I want to see people saved. Well, that's, that's good, but that's not really the highest and best or the but neither is the baptism of the holy spirit that people get baptized in the holy ghost or that people get blessed which i know we've all wanted to have revival so people get best blessed so people out there get blessed so people get healed because a lot of times in revival there's lots of healings and uh but that's not why god wants to pour out his spirit on us it's not the main reason those are all just the those are kind of like the um uh, the side issues of revival, all of those things. All of those happen, or, you know, and I have to admit that sometimes my motive for having revival was I want to see signs and wonders. I listened to a, about half before it expired of the finger of God again. I think we actually have the video, but it was just easy there on the iPad because it was free last week because he's fixing to release a new one, I think, like today or tomorrow or something. Like, you know, I don't know what the name of it is or anything, but uh, the finger of God, and it stirs you up. I was like, I want to see signs and wonders. I want signs and wonders, Lord. Hallelujah. And so I have to admit that a lot of times a great portion of my motive was hallelujah, that we would see signs and wonders, that uh, that our city would be changed, our city would be affected. So we can't be distracted by the results of revival because we could miss the whole purpose of revival. We could have spent three years at um, Brownsville and got caught up in all the hype because there's some hype to revive. I'm not saying it's bad hype. I'm not even saying it's fake. I'm saying it's just exciting, you know. And uh, we could get caught up in that and never realize 
Oh, he's here so I can see his face. He's here because he wants us to know him better. He wants us to have an encounter with him. And I, I just caught it today. Well, actually, as I was studying this earlier, but even more today as I studied it, I, I caught it. And I was like, oh, I've got it. We got it. And it's an easy adjustment to make. It's not like we have to go and, oh, fast or something to make this adjustment that when we pray for revival now, our motive will be different. And I really honestly believe, as I thought about this and prayed about this, that one of the reasons we haven't received yet what we've been praying for, or we've only received it in measure, we're starting to receive it, but is because we didn't see the main purpose. We didn't see this. And thank heavens that somebody, in fact, I'm going to just be honest. I know this man saw it because he put it in a book. But I don't really think most of the people that I've listened to, and I'm sure some of them have, uh, but I don't know that, I know they haven't. They may understand it themselves, the main purpose of revival and the main purpose of outpouring, but they haven't conveyed it where I got it. And so I wonder if, you know, if we all got this as our purpose for wanting an outpouring in America, for wanting, if that wouldn't change what starts happening as far as outpouring in America, to have that encounter with him, the purpose, face to face with him. Hallelujah. I think we'll read that again. Ezekiel 39, 29, because now that we've talked about it, uh, it's, it'll, it'll mean even more. Neither will I hide my face any more for them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. So I'm going to, right where that uh, colon is, I'm going to start reading there first and then go back to the top. For I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not hide my face any more them, from them. You know, a lot of verses in Proverbs are that way, where you have to read the last part of the verse for the first part to make sense. You kind of, it's like it's in there backwards or something. Not really, but hallelujah. That's one of those. Um, we are most effective when our driving pursuit is intimacy with God. Most effective when our driving pursuit is intimacy with God. I was just thinking about, is that what drives us? The minute our lives become ministry-driven. Well, that would be really easy, especially if you were a minister. But even for us, we could be ministry-driven where uh, treasure hunting or, or, you know, and be more caught up in even the prayer and healing center but just what's our purpose not minister our main purpose not ministry but it's uh presence driven and so we're not to be ministry driven or purpose driven hallelujah well you know what's your destiny destiny driven or uh is that the right word calling driven What's my calling? And just spend everything because just because God called you to it doesn't mean that he wants you to put that first. He wants us to be presence driven. Hallelujah. And it, the reason 
this is important is because there's really only one thing we truly can offer the world, and that's Him. We really don't have anything else to offer but Him. And so if we know Him, and we know Him very intimately, we will have a lot more to offer the world. Hallelujah. I think a lot of times in the past, I know, and not now at all, but, you know, we went to a lot of classes when we were in Seminole. There, that's when it first came out, uh, uh, what was that like? Church growth. Church growth came out. It was big. And um, that's certainly not... That's, that's learning how to put the church in a world's package so that people want it more. That's all that is. That's all it is. It doesn't have anything to do with encountering Him or having more of His presence. Nobody ever talked about anything like that. It was all about, you know, cookies or and to every visitor. And, hey, been there... Everything they talk about, we've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, and didn't, and hated it, hated it, hated it, every minute of it, because we were, we are born again. God created us to be Holy Ghost people, not. And I remember we went through a little stage where they give you your sermons, even, and you have the sheet. And I know there's churches out there right now in Tuscaloosa. You get a little sheet and you fill in the blanks. That's just, you know, that's just, that's just canned. That's just, that's just like going to Publix and buying a can of soup and reheating it. You can't, it's good, and I, we eat that sometimes, but you cannot call it homemade. And I made some homemade soup last night, and there is a difference. There is a big difference. And if you can't tell the difference, you know, hallelujah. And um, hallelujah. So, but we've been there. We did it, and we hated it the whole time. Yeah. Okay, Proverbs sixteen fifteen. We won't belabor that point. Presence driven. Hallelujah. My whole life, I wanted my whole life to be about His presence. Does that mean that uh, you might have to give up some things? Probably, because if the dove's sitting on your shoulder, I don't know. There's just going to be some things that just don't fit. But, you know, does that mean you never have any fun? No, absolutely not. Thank you, Jesus. That just means you don't have to... Uh, it just, it just means freedom is what it means, really. John, uh, Proverbs sixteen fifteen. In the light of the king's countenance is life, and his favor is, a is as a cloud of the latter rain. I really had to think about this verse. I'm like, Bill, I don't, I'm sorry, but this verse, where does this fit? But then it's like it came to me, I'm sure by the Holy Ghost, he gave me the rest, that you got to think about the king as Jesus. And if you think about the king as Jesus, in the light of Jesus, King Jesus' countenance is life, and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. So when we uh, pursue Jesus' face to see him, uh, we're going to have life, 
And hallelujah, it's going to result in outpouring upon us. Praise God. Encounters. That's what's the, the latter rain. That's what's talking about a Holy Ghost outpouring. When we pursue His face, because in His face, in the light of the King's countenance, countenance is face, you're, you know, countenance, in the light of the King's face, this is all about face, the face of God. Revival is about the face of God. Pursuing Him is about more His face, being face to face. Being in his presence and in his face is life, favor, and you're not going to want for outpouring. I'm not going to want when I take the time to sit down and pursue his face. And when I do that, sometimes I have to put the word aside because I can busy myself just reading the word. Not that this isn't super important. I may have to even put aside, uh, you know, something else, you know, my my book aside that I'm reading that's a spiritual book or because I got to and then I've just got to turn the world off it's it's a decision and and like okay I got to see your face Jesus I have to see your face amen so we're going to listen to a song tonight you can sing you can listen you can just love on the Lord and look at his face while we while Barry plays this song and and then we'll let Pastor come and.